Okay, warriors, you are listening to Unqualified Therapists. Remember, stay wild and weird. Hey, warriors, this is Amy. And I'm Sarah. We are the hosts of The Unqualified Therapist. We are not here to give you advice. We are here to tell you our stories, share your stories, and bring on the professionals from time to time. Mental health is complicated, and we know that from our personal experience. We believe in professional therapy. Both Sarah and I use that on our own healing journeys. But we also know it isn't one size fits all. The stigma surrounding mental illness can make us feel alone. We are not alone. You are not alone. And you're listening to The Unqualified Therapist Zinc. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of The Unqualified Therapist. Ooh, ooh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is the second half of our conversation with Casey Brown. Yes, she is incredible. If you didn't listen to the first half, go ahead and hit stop. Go back to part one. And listen to that first. Yes. You're not going to want to miss it because she's incredible. And all of our conversation with her was so beautiful and encouraging and enlightening and inspiring. I know for me, I left with this definite encouragement to look at myself with love and to see the reflection of her beauty in myself and to know that um, I can also feel that way about me and that I'm okay at the size that I am. Absolutely. She shares with us a lot of insightful knowledge and some reminders that we all need. Uh, Specifically, I was thinking about how she talks about asking yourself why. So if you want to not have the sugary dessert, why? You know, what is your reason behind that? Is it so you don't have a crash and a burn? Is it so that you think you're going to be able to be too fat for your pants? Or what is it? What is your why? And then um, really kind of reflect on that and think about what can you gain every day instead of what can you lose? I love that concept. What? will I gain today and kind of, you know, reversing the script. Absolutely. So I like it. Well, I love her. She, we love her. She, um, really inspired us and we hope that you will check her out on Instagram. Streets beats eats on Instagram. Yes. It is a wonderful thing to have in your feed. It will make you feel good and she is super inspiring. So we hope you enjoy the second half of our conversation. Enjoy. Here's Casey Brown. Food does not have worth. Yeah, no. (laughs) And that's a hard thing. So Amy and I are a little older, and so our parents are a little bit older. Probably a lot older. I don't know how old you are. I'm trying to be nice to us. I know. That's okay. I would have guessed we were within a couple years of each other, so... Well, I just have to tell you that, like, I love my age, and so I am proud of it because it is the most freeing decade decade of your life yeah we're we're in our 40s and so we're like just entering that that stage of life where it's like all of these things so we grew up in we were teens in the 90s 
And so teens in the 90s was, she's like, I wasn't born. I know. Um, so- <laughs> I was. I, I was, the, I was an early 90s baby. So okay. Um, I have a lot so- of visceral memories, but I wasn't, you know, in high school during yes. the toxic yeah. 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 Continue. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So this this was it was a very hard time to be a, a girl, mm-hmm. teenager, um, because of I mean the supermodels at that time were Kate Moss, like insanely thin, like yeah. so unhealthy thin, um, and just like that was like our role model. That was kind of what we were looking <laughs> for. I also grew up with um, my mom was I was a way late in life baby so like my mom was a lot older than my friends parents so she was a, a child during like uh the war like <laughs> so they had like nothing so they were poor and so it was like you cleaned your plate you ate everything yeah and that was just like because you need to appreciate the food that's in front of you. Mm-hmm. And so for her, food was this like love. Food was this reward. Mm. Food meant that they were safe. And so like I grew up with food being this like total on a pedestal. Like it was um, you, you. My sister would always say like eat to live, don't live to eat. And I don't know that I like that even. But um, we lived to eat. Like that was like yeah the thing, you know. Uh-huh. And it's so hard to break myself of that because when I feel sad, I want to turn to food. Mm. When I feel stressed, I want to turn to food. It was my comfort. It was my reward. It was my everything. And it's so hard to break that now with my kids because I'm seeing that in them. And I'm wondering like subconsciously, even though I am very consciously trying to break that cycle with my children, Mm -hmm. I am seeing my son, especially like really turning to food for everything and for his like to just feel better. And if he doesn't get the food that makes him feel good, he almost like has a breakdown. He doesn't know how to like react. And so it's like the scary place to be in. But that's a whole different like (laughs) can of worms to go into. (laughs) Um, But just talking, you know, you're talking about your nephews and children and, and it's just bringing up all of these thoughts for me. And, you know, Amy and I both have daughters and yeah, it's it's hard. And so last night in particular, my son, because of these, there's a reason I'm telling all of this, because of these (laughs) feelings that he has around food and he has this value placed on it. So Mm -hmm. it like means a lot to him to have the right amount of food and the type of food he wants. So they had had pizza the night before that. And last night was a night where we were like, listen, it's leftovers night. Like we're not making anything, everybody fun for themselves type of deal. So, um, he had, he only had two pieces of pizza left from his like pizza prior. And she had like four. So she had her four pieces of pizza on her plate going to heat it up. And they were, you know, they're like smaller, whatever. And he was like, I could hear him. I was upstairs. He was downstairs. I could hear him yelling at her. Look at how many pieces of pizza you have on your plate. One, two, three, four. That is so much. I can't believe like shaming. Yeah. And I immediately like, I felt like I was going to throw up. I was like, get up here right now. Like I panicked. Yeah. So like from his point of view, he was jealous. Yeah. And wanted the pizza that was on her plate. But for her, but she for could internalize her, the fact that yes, that could be too much. She's hearing, why are you eating that much? You have all this food mm-hmm. on your plate. I can't believe you're going to eat all of that. <sighs> These are the things that she's hearing. And like, I'm hearing it like as my little eight-year-old girl, I'm feeling her feelings. Mm-hmm. Like I could feel yeah. it. I was like, oh my God, oh my God. 
And so it's this terrifying thing. And I, I was like, in my head, I wanted to say to him, like, you are basically undoing like all of the parenting yeah. I'm trying to yeah. do. And, like, yeah. I'm trying to break these cycles and like, oh my God, like it's terrifying because it's like, no matter what you do as the parent, there are still all these other outside influences. Oh yeah. That hopefully aren't in your own household. Like they were for me in this case. But like, and I don't say that to like shame my son or to say anything no, negative about him not. because these are all different. They're it, it, they're coming from different places and it's different feelings and it's two totally different like yes. situations. It's just perspective. It's just perspective, and so it's like, holy shit! It's a huge responsibility. We took a poll with our um, listeners, at a Google um, survey, and all of them said their biggest concern is like not passing it on to their kids. And mm -hmm. so there, that's a big concern, I think, of women and probably men too, of not passing on like the traits. And so like in my house, we try, well, I really, really try just to keep it neutral, like food neutral, neutrality, neutrality. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> because it's not, you know, I just thought that's the best thing. Like if we just don't overthink it. Mm-hmm. So I don't say no to anything really, like if they wanted it at the store or whatever, but like that, just like it is what it is. And trying to teach them to stop when they're full, as Sarah was saying, instead of cleaning your plate. And yep. so that is, that's my goal right now. But, you know, um, it is really hard. My daughter is 12 and probably as soon as you said about ill-fitting bras I thought of her because <laughs> she's terrified because I think she's a D yeah. and she refuses to to do it because she's like I just can't I'm 12 and I was like well it's what size your boobs are honey yeah. like sees the tag nobody right. sees Got the tag out. and I was like you're worried about I was a girl like, we could probably room. get something that's cute at that size too because she thought it would be like an old lady bra just <laughs> <laughs> no. more money for so, mom to spend yes exactly <laughs> and that's fine as long as your boobies aren't falling out but um it, there's just so much that goes into being a young girl mm -hmm. that I feel like I'm like maybe if I could just help her avoid some of the stuff that I went through then that would be amazing or beliefs that I got. I don't know. Yeah. It's, tr it's tricky. But that's I, basically like, you know, my reason for bringing this up and talking about it is it's, I feel like your generation is doing all of these great things and just mm. having these realizations that are helping our generation that we're, we want to do it, but it's like, we have it so deeply ingrained that we don't even like know where to go or where to start or what to do. So it's like, you know, you don't have kids yet, but you're already thinking about it. Like you're already oh, yeah. planning. Like when I have children, this is how I'm going to break the cycle. Like that's the difference between. Oh yeah. Like, like you're leaps and bounds ahead of where we were right. at your age. Yeah. And I, I, there's just, there's something just really beautiful and freeing as each generation comes. Yes. Yeah. And I feel but like it's as like, much flack as we give Gen Z, I'm hopeful that as vocal mm -hmm. as this generation seems to be about important topics that have happened in their lifespan as teenagers and high school, middle school, that it will keep growing even more and more mm -hmm. powerful because they will feel empowered to change things. I mean, there's the meme going around of the little girl overheard at her lunch table by a teacher's, you know, six, seven, eight years old. I can't remember how old, what the meme said, but they're talking about how cool therapy was. 
as yes. little yes. kids. My, yes. my daughter talks about it with her friends. They're all in therapy. I love it. Yes. yes. You know, it's like, like I, normalize it this me. shit. Yeah. Yes. And they and they uh, they normalize to gender, which I love. Like there's no the fluidity is just normal. Mm-hmm. And so then maybe size will just be normal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like and I hate the word normal, but do you know what I mean? Like it'll just be a neutral. A neutral. Unstigmatized. Like there's just <laughs> there's no like oh he's a she or whatever they or whatever yeah. they're saying. It's not as if it's a a thing. It's just like saying someone's name. Like yeah. hi I'm Amy. Yeah, mm-hmm. just it is. It is what it is. And so hopefully they'll do the same with size. I think what's going to be one of the hardest things to continue to try and break patterns in our own households or as a society as a whole is there's enough people who are so polarized in their opinions. And those are the loudest voices. Yeah. The one girl, you know, on your volleyball team as you know, sixth, seventh grader, however old your daughter is, Amy, whatever sport in the gym. Yeah. Yeah. She's heard her mom say every time she's in her bra, like, oh, looking at her something. I've got to go to the gym again. Like this mm-hmm. is I'm starting to gain weight or these pants are getting tight or I have to put on my fat pants. So this young girl is hearing that parent say these things. Mm-hmm. And despite ninety percent of the people in that room feeling neutral about it patterns breaking yeah those couple loud polarized voices or maybe she's just a little bit bigger than what her mom wants her to be in a perfect world and so her mom tells her she's fat or i puts moral value to having to buy a size eight pant instead of a six or whatever Mm -hmm. the scenario Mm -hmm. be so now that's getting ingrained in her brain. And those few times that the kids are around that, that it goes back to like the bullies and the trolls. Yeah. Like why are these horrible so influences the loudest? And how do we as a community trying to make a change, make our voices louder? Is it making it more comfortable to hear? Are we not being open to discussing different points of views? I mean, my husband and I, come from such different backgrounds he was itty bitty throughout middle school high school I mean there are times I look and I'm like I don't recognize you you're a very average man you I would never say you're a big guy but like you were skin and bones how did you play football type of question and he couldn't put on weight it was multiple Mm. milkshakes a day he's like I'd eat four or five meals for McDonald's just to try and get weight and then he's like I found beer in college and all of a sudden <laughs> I was able to gain weight they should have just given me beer as a you know football player and I would have been great um, so he comes from that side of the world and I come from the side of I've always been big and I'm actually scanning in old photos trying to be proactive about having digital copies of old things if we need to find them and whatnot and there's a couple of times I've come across pictures of myself and I'm like I, I thought I was big. I have this visceral yes. memory of being nine yeah. years old and the exact outfit, what I was told. And I'm like, I just look like a little cute little, like I got a little tummy going on. But if I saw that yeah. little girl, I'd be like, you're so cute. But yeah, I, yeah. Was, yes. I thought I had to hate my body and you know, mm. counting calories. And I've spent thousands and thousands of dollars on 
diet pills and shakes and meal replacements. And there's a diet that's coming back right now that was my gateway drug to an eating disorder. So I'm very, uh, very on edge that that is coming back under a new name. I did Metafast in high school. And it was, I mean, I was getting like a thousand calories in my body doing Zumba, weightlifting and volleyball. I I should have collapsed at some point. Yeah. But I was skinny or skinnier. And so everyone's like, oh, you're so healthy. And I'm like, "Hmm, I didn't know better. I I wasn't though. Yeah. yeah. Um, And now it's called Octavia or something. And I keep seeing it around every corner and it is very tricky. It's my gateway. It's my gateway to my ED. But um, so counting calories, that's where I was going with that is very hard for me to look at calories now and not automatically go, "Mm, well, if I have this and this, like this is the macros in it, this is the calories in it. I could have two of these cookies versus one of these. And Mm -hmm. I get very, I have to have three more almonds. I was that girl for a while trying to recover and thinking I was in a healthy mindset. Mm-hmm. But really, I just had a new disordered eating habit. Yeah. But he yeah. can look at calories and have no moral value to it whatsoever. <laughs> He's like, oh, that dinner was probably a 600 calorie meal. Okay, cool. And I'm like, oh, 600 calories? Well, the beans yeah. were this, the da 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 was this. Like, mm-hmm. I probably don't eat enough. So at one point, my doctor was like, you really should track what you eat. Like, I don't think you're getting enough calories. And this was yeah. a year or two ago. I couldn't track my calories. I tried to tell no. him, here's what yeah, I ate. And he yeah. had the, we made the mistake of him telling me it was about 1400 calories. So the next day I had to eat the exact same thing, mm-hmm. but yeah. not on purpose. I thought I was in a really healthy spot, but my brain is so deeply embedded to have negative thoughts with this and to right. obsess. So he comes from a total like, I don't understand. Why can't you yeah. look at a calorie and it's just a calorie? Why is it good, bad? And, and you know, having like a food journal is something that people love to tell me to do no matter who they are. And I, I try to explain to them, if I do that, I am going to go down a path that, and I can, I can guarantee it. Like I promise you, because it'll show me that I can get control again. Yeah. And it'll show me like you, you did this for 10, 15, 20 years. Like, you know how to do this. Like, look, look, it worked. You're like three pounds down or whatever. I don't know a scale either. So I don't know. But the thing is, is like, if I were to do these things, there's, there's no way I could make it not have value, moral value or, or this conquering feeling or this power. Like I did this. I don't even know, but I don't think you can erase that. I don't think you can either. And that's one of my, concerns like that we've had conversations about he goes I don't understand an eating disorder he goes mm-hmm. finally he listened to a podcast where they were talking about it it was two professionals versus someone who has had an eating disorder and they kind of talked about it more on sciency levels mm-hmm. and he's like sure. oh it's a mental thing it's not just how I yes. what I eat I'm like exactly like I there's so much yeah. that I truly cannot control within the way my brain works and that kind of helped Mm -hmm. him but there's you know like like you said I mean just I would have a food journal and wouldn't eat things and then I would probably hide things like I did as a kid because my mom would be like oh you don't need those those nutter bars like whatever yeah and so I would 
I was the oldest. Four or five years younger were my siblings. So they were young enough to where they'd probably leave a wrapper in the cabinet. Mm-hmm. So I would take mine out, go eat them and hide them, and leave mm-hmm. the wrapper. So it, it looked like they did it. Or yeah. wrapping toilet paper around a wrapper and like putting it under things in a trash can. You know, I would try and hide these things and I wouldn't write it down. So it's mm-hmm. like those two big triggers yeah. for me personally. Um with food journaling yeah. and things like that. It's like, I, I can't. And, and there's, it's, it's really, they're putting this value on it everywhere. I've seen it so many places that that's a very positive thing to do, healthy thing to do. And I just, I have that kind of discipline. I can, I won't eat. I just won't like, we'll just be done with food. Yep. <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's just that, because if, if, if you have to write it down and see it on paper, like what you did, and then it's, I get it. Cause I, same, same thing here. Yeah. But, so I guess, my question would be then what advice do you have yeah on health on on yes on just doing this in a healthy because because we've all acknowledged now we don't think that that's something that can ever go away we can't erase that we can't delete that so that's we know what our triggers are we have to avoid them so like who what do we do (laughs) right wrong or indifferent something that has helped me was when I finally had the wake-up call that I was not okay. I, you know, I was like, oh, I have an eating disorder. I'm going to ask for help. I started doing two to three swim classes a day to Band-Aid fix it. Then it was like, mm, this might not be the best for me. I'm going to count my macros instead. So I always was Band-Aiding the fix. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, at this time, also I would say, first of all, therapy, 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 yes. therapy. <laughs> and more therapy. And yes. more therapy. That is my biggest <laughs> personal regret in my own recovery journey. I went to therapy as a 10-year-old kid, multiple years, lots of people-pleasing issues, things like that to work through. Stopped, went back in college a little bit when I was dealing with a lot of episodic depression. Stopped, had, you know, came out about my eating disorder and I always was like, I have it under control and I never asked for help other than the accountability. So if I could redo anything, I would have started therapy again sooner. But I, so I was Band-Aid fixing, Band-Aid fixing, and I completely threw out everything to the wind. I was like, I am not going to think about what I'm eating. If I eat like shit and I don't eat a vegetable for a week, that's fine. But like, I just need Mm -hmm. to find a way to hard reset everything. And then kind of stopped working out. I mean, very, went from one unhealthy thing to another, but I needed a reset. I like that hard reset. Mm-hmm. A hard it's reset. like turning your phone completely off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I took that break. I disappeared, you know, from the thoughts that I had had and thought that were so important to follow and the rules that I had mm-hmm. whether created for myself or thought society created for me. And then it took me a couple weeks, but then I started to, I mean, honestly, I feel yucky a lot of the times if I don't eat right. And if I don't move my body, moving my body is the biggest serotonin release ever for me. And Mm -hmm. now that I don't look at it as a punishment and I can do it for enjoyment, same with food. I love drinking my water. I love adding in fruits, vegetables, but I also love the chicken nuggets from Sam's Club that taste like Chick-fil-A and I'm going (laughs) to still eat those. Yeah. But I have learned to intuitively do that Mm. through that hard reset of really connecting mind and body 
and listening, asking questions, really self like introspective about it. And I think that also, whether it's for someone that's 30, 40, 50 years old, trying to come to a place of um, value, worth does not come from your food, your workouts, things like that. Or even as a kid, kind of going back to what we touched on with the happy plate. I mean, learning Mm -hmm. when you're full. Like I used to think I had to have two bites left on, on my plate. And that meant, okay, I didn't, I didn't eat my full serving. That's good. Was I still hungry or two bites before that? Was I full and I Mm -hmm. still ate two more bites. So just kind of really asking questions, slowing down. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that, that's such a, such a good advice. Slow down and pay attention to what you're feeling and thinking. Keep asking why. Yes. Uh Yeah. Those are, thank you so much. Those are with the great new year, all, of, all this like restriction, new year, yes. new you loss. I'm like, what can we gain? Like yeah. what's the narrative? That's something I yeah. physically will do on a sticky note sometimes is I'll write down on the back side, the sticky side, the bad side, mm-hmm. like the negative thought I have. Mm-hmm. Like, mm, my stomach looks like a sack of cottage cheese or whatever. That yeah. cottage cheese, goodness, you know, <laughs> whatever negative thought. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and then yeah, I yeah. physically will flip the sticky note and write down whether it's a positive statement, a neutral statement, you know, how can mm. I flip what felt yucky and bad and flip it. So maybe if it was about my stomach, it's like, yeah, well, I had a delicious dinner last night. My husband and I went on a date and now guess what? I'm going to feel a little different today. Or if it's about my, you know, the size of my legs, it's, but my legs are so strong. They mm-hmm. pick, they let me pick up heavy grocery. Like I can carry the water in by myself from the car inside. Cause I can, you know, squat down and get it. Like whatever yeah. that needs to be relationships with working out. If it feels like you have to earn your food by what you're working out. Or I don't know if you guys saw my story last night, this man, who said his wife was seven months pregnant and she didn't feel like working out. So instead of, I want to say, whining or basically forcing her to work out and like making her feel guilty for it, I've got to figure out what the exact wording was. He decided to put on a workout video that morning and do it with her. And then the kids joined in. Oh, resent. Instead of resenting her. Seven months oh pregnant woman. Um, oh my God. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm like, wow. Uh-huh. Like really, having a physical uh-huh. reaction I mean, to this. I, and even if you were zero months pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> no. But And he was what? asking for a pat on the fucking back. He was bragging about it on Twitter. Wow. that I am such a good husband. I did this. And it's, it's the ir- irony for me was the day before I had shared, I had a four hour long photo shoot. I had a doctor's appointment. Like I was busy. I had emails to get through and my brain was like, oh crap, you haven't worked out today. You normally work out in the morning, but you couldn't. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I have to, I must, I have to work out. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You don't have to do Why? anything. The world doesn't mm-hmm. stop turning. You've also been really yeah. active today filming things. Yeah. Do your work. Spend time with your husband when he comes home. Yeah. And then it was like 7.30-ish. And I go, you know what? My legs are kind of sore from lifting weights yesterday. I'd like to go hop on the bike. I would like 
to go loosen up my legs. Mm, yeah. And I did like 15 minutes on the bike, a light 15 minute like stretch and like dumbbell workout because I chose to, because I wanted yeah. to. Mm-hmm. And so then, you know, this man, I'm like, the element of it being the morning, like she had, you know, she had a whole day. What if she took the kids on a walk or the mm-hmm. dog on a walk or she was going to go play tennis or I probably wouldn't play tennis at seven months pregnant, but whatever the case may be, grocery <laughs> shop. Grocery shop yeah. is a lot of walking. You know, she could have yeah. been physically active and done something for herself, first of all. Second of all, you sh- he gives me bounce back body vibes. Like he's the guy who, if the wife doesn't bounce back, he's like, ugh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Lose that baby weight. but oh, And then the fact that he man. would have the audacity to resent her for not working out one day. One day. Oh, yeah. Ugh. I mean, gross. Yeah. So gross. 10 years um, ago, I would have been like, this... oh, he's so sweet. So motivating. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. So motivating. Yes. yes. And that, and that's, I think that's where this shit is the disconnect. That's where the disconnect is. It's because we, at one point, were taught to think that was good. That yeah. that would have been a good, a proper thing to do. And, you know, now I'm trying to teach my kids, we don't comment on people's bodies, period, 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 period. Yes. You want to compliment something, you tell them they have a beautiful smile. You tell them they're funny. You love spending time with them. You, you like, like their, their shirt. You like their outfit. Yeah. You don't have to say, like, I like the way you look in that outfit. No. Like, we don't comp- comment on people's bodies. That's so amazing. I think it's just, you know, it, that's the that's the circle we have to try to cut right down the middle and break this shit. Yeah. And blow it wide open. Absolutely. Holy crap, I'm having a physical reaction. <laughs> like I'm angry. <laughs> I had a knee doctor. Um, I was going for a second opinion. He was like, well, you could either have a full replacement, which I probably wouldn't advise for another like 10, 15 years because of your age. He's like, you're only 30. Um, but the other solution, which you know I think would be no, the best thing no, to do. No, no, no. And I had already been annoyed by another doctor saying, like, lose 10 pounds. And I'm like, well, you told me I can't do any physical activity. How am I going to lose 10 pounds? Like, what's a whole other trigger? And then this doctor goes, you could have lap band surgery. And he goes, you'd feel better and you you would look like a whole new person. (gasps) A doctor. A surgeon. And mind you, uh, I was up front with the person who weighs me, if you've Everyone listening, if you don't like to be weighed, I a say, is this necessary for my appointment? If it is, oh my! I say, understood. Please do not put it on my paperwork. I take home my charts online, and I would like you to not say it out loud because I'm going to close my eyes or stand backwards in some way. And genius the woman looked at me. And I she's love like, that. She's like, Why? And like, kind of like perplexed, and I was like, I've had, you know suffering. Recovering from an eating disorder, I had just had that triggering doctor's appointment a couple weeks ago. So my therapist was like, "You need to be thinking like you are in early days of recovery." She's like, "You don't want to relapse." Yeah. So like, yeah, yeah. got to be extra sensitive about it. So I told her that the doctor's like MA comes in to prep, ask about my surgeries, yada yada, and she was, "Well, you know, you know, five pounds of load." Da, da, da. I said, "Ma'am, I'm going to stop you. I I understand, of course. Like the less load you carry." is the less impact on things, but I'm recovering from an eating disorder. I would not like to discuss weight loss as a form of recovery for my injury. That was from an ACL surgery that wasn't healing correctly. Oh my gosh. Pats my shoulder. Great. Now the doctor, now the male comes in. He also deals with professional football players who weigh a lot and are athletic. Mm -hmm. 
and yeah. that, that was his. And he knew. Like, I mentioned it because he did the whole, like, five pounds of weight going up and down the stairs. I said, I'd like to not discuss that. I'm recovering from an eating disorder. The audacity of the whole thing is I think he assumed I was a, like, a binge overeater. Like, was my eating disorder, which is valid. I'm not unvalidating that. But I didn't eat very much and would, I had trigger foods that I knew would make me throw up. Like I was barely eating, working out a lot and yeah. was bulimic. Yeah. It yeah. wasn't a case of, oh, I, I don't know how to stop myself from eating. Yeah. Right. So he basically assumed, because a lap band surgery makes you throw up if you eat too much. Yeah. That is quite yeah. literally what it is in layman's terms. And I was like, I won't eat enough to even make it work because no. I don't eat enough. Oh and you also God. can't have kids for a couple years. Like there's this whole thing and we're wanting to start a family soon which I'm just petrified of passing on past, you know, yeah. patterns and things like sure. that. But that was his response. So to the whole commenting on your body. Yeah. Yeah. Doctors wow. that we're supposed to trust are like, you can heal your knee, but you can also look good. Like, <gasps> and he also like... starts it with, you're very muscular. He goes, you are a very strong person. You carry a lot of your weight in your legs. Like I played volleyball. I was in track. Like I yes I I have tree trunk also, legs. Like, also like I fucking know. <laughs> yeah, like, like I, it's I'm my aware. body. Like I know that I live I've, in this. Body. I live here, so I know. So why are you commenting at all? And I yeah. spend a lot of time naked, which I think is also a great piece of advice for anyone listening. Okay. If you're not comfortable yeah. with your body, spend yeah. time naked. I get ready yeah. naked a lot, and you can baby step it. Underwear and a t-shirt, shorts yeah. and a mm-hmm. bra, underwear and a bra. You know just start getting used to seeing it because once you see it you get familiar with it and you start to know your body so I I really wanted to tell the doctor don't worry I am naked a lot I take pictures <laughs> in my underwear a lot I know what my body looks like and I think it looks really great and I don't want to look like a whole new person like, yeah like the, the audacity of this man the, yes I mean that's another thing is the assumption is is that Anyone who's bigger than, I don't even know what size to say, know. six, Just, maybe eight, I don't know. Anyone if you don't than look that, like you have an eating disorder, if yes, you're not then frail. you want, then, then you are either actively trying to lose weight, you want to be losing weight, you're on some sort of diet, you're on a plan, and there's no other possibility that you could be living in this body and be happy. That doesn't make sense to people and I don't, I'm, that's what we're doing, we're fucking changing that. And I just because guess what? I'm happy. <laughs> I'm having this like epiphany at this moment of how inappropriate my surgeon was for my mastectomy. Like right now I am realizing what the fuck happened because I like I, I cannot even get over this. And so now I'm having I'm getting some traumatic response. So I apologize. No, bring it. Let's let's talk okay? about it. So I had a mastectomy and I had breast reconstruction surgery. So I had a plastic surgeon who I was working with and his, he wasn't entirely just a um, breast reconstruction for breast cancer. So he is doing plastic surgery for, you know, elective surgeries that people are having that they want to look. So I'm justifying his behavior right now is what I'm doing. So I need to stop that. Um, (laughs) His, one of the options when you have a mastectomy is to, Instead of having implants, they'll take fat from other parts of your body, probably your stomach, and put it in your chest area, 
but it is a very intense surgery. They have to like remove skin and like reconnect nerves. And there's a lot of um, risks with the surgery and a lot of risks of infection, like, you know, MRSA, like these very um, resistant infections that are dangerous. Mm -hmm. uh, so it was not an option for me. I was like, listen, I'm having cancer removed from my body. Yeah. My whole purpose of doing this is to live. Mm -hmm. So I want the least risk possible, which was to just have mm -hmm. the implants put in. His reaction to that was, well, we can do liposuction and put the fat from there with the implants. Um, you also are an excellent candidate for a tummy tuck. Oh. And we can, no. so like all of these, yes, these discussions and he's grabbing my stomach and he's oh. pulling the fat out and then he's taking pictures. I mean, they have to take pictures. I get it, whatever. But he was like physically removing the, like moving the fat around on my stomach and then grabbing my sides, like my, my love handles and pulling and there's enough fat here, grabbing the insides of my thighs, there's enough fat mm -hmm. here. And basically giving me these options of all of these things that I could do to remove, you know, the fat from my body, have all of these surgeries while I'm trying to process the fact that I'm- That you have cancer. Have cancer. Like, and he thought he was probably doing you a favor because everyone did. wants that, he right? He did. And you that know, is, that's what he thought. He yes. thought, well, everyone wants, doesn't, nobody wants oh, to look like this. So let's make her better. But it makes yeah. sense why you're, why you would have justified it when it happened for exactly yeah. how you did. But people are going to him with these concerns because to them, they are <laughs> concerns. And I'm all about body autonomy, autonomy. Yeah. I'm like, if you want this, go do it, but don't do it if you, if that's what you think will make you happy. If that's what yeah, your worth is why. dependent on, like yeah. that's you know a whole nother discussion. But what the actual? <laughs> yeah, oh. like I'm just, but I'm just now realizing, like I'm yeah. just now thinking through this and being like, holy shit, like that was so inappropriate. That was not okay. Yeah, so inappropriate. He had no idea oh. what your life looked like. You could have nope. been fresh, and you know you could have had an eating disorder, and all he did was fuel yeah. it. Actually, at the time, I was teaching. Uh, five to seven high intensity fitness classes a week. <laughs> oh my God, this makes it so much better, but like worse, better. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <sighs> yeah. Hour long, high intensity, like sweat your ass off. And what part of like, like class? Yes. low risk, I'm trying to survive. I had yeah. cancer. Right. Right. Oh, let's add more risk and more downtime. Like, no, I want to be able to feel good and do things and be Safe. me. Like I'm getting, I mean, I don't want to put words in my mouth, but guessing you wanted to feel better, like that your old body by getting your boobs redone. Like, yes. Yes. So I why? Feel, I want to feel a sense of normalcy. Like, why would I change my body in this Entirely. way and have Completely. more downtime? And no. <laughs> They need some training. Yes. Yes. Wow. Oh my gosh. Wait. This is the. I'm, I don't care. I'm saying it, and I don't want you do guys it. to cut it out <laughs> either. No, do it. The, yes. com the company that, like, the health company, healthcare company, umbrella, whatever, of who did my surgery is the same second opinion doctor. Like, they're all in the same umbrella. I had posted a picture okay. day of my surgery. Like, hey, all went well. Drugged up. Like. Thanks for checking on me last December. 
year later after the eating disorder, I mean, it was like a week after that lap band conversation, company reaches out like, hey, we'd love to post this picture and share about how great your experience was. You have no idea how my experience was. You have no idea that I'm recovered, yada, yada. So I was thrown off at first by just the way that social media team handled it. But I flat out go, well, if you really want to talk about my experience, here's what happened and told them everything. Got like the chief something or other involved and wow. like, I'll need a training if you need for your doctors. I mean, I, oh, yeah. Yes, but they had the audacity that's... to like, like your great experience. I'm like, no, your doctors actually have like cost me lots of dollars in therapy. Would you like my bills? Oh my God. Because we were good doing good you. work on trauma therapy and then we had to totally pause everything because I was so triggered for like two months. I'm like, oh, all that work yeah. we were doing. So, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yes. Good for you. The audacity. <sighs> it's doctors. on sale this year. I'm telling you. It's, it's so on sale in the 2020s. Assumption. <laughs> just so much assumption. Uh-huh. Wow. Are we ready to ask her? I think so. I mean, I feel like I could talk to you for I know, like, days I do on too. End. Keep talking. If I'll have to come back. New subjects. We'll just keep talking. Yes. We'll definitely, definitely oh my gosh. back for sure. We yes. need to just do an entire thing on on how to find the right fucking bra. A whole, a whole segment. Yes. Yeah. Whole episode. Wow. Uh, but we do ask all of our guests um, a couple of questions. And um, if you've listened before, you know we call our listeners warriors. And um, we have our own meetings. Everybody has their own meaning for that and what it uh, feels for them and means to them. So can you tell us what does being a warrior mean to you? Yeah, I would say being a warrior means no matter how small or large the obstacle has felt to you, overcoming the odds, working hard, fighting back, and being resilient. Yeah. Wow. Boom, baby. I like that. They're all, they're all mic drops. They are. <laughs> I want to be really a, cool to like put all the clips together. A TikTok. That too? One like mind. An audio. One mind. Yes. Can, can you just like be our TikTok helper. <laughs> yes. Wait, we told you we're in our forties. We are like lost. We're like TikTok. Okay. How do I, we how, begin this journey? How do I do this? <laughs> and it's been on our to-do list for a year. My favorite is when Amy will message me and be like, I've been working on a TikTok for three hours. <laughs> I, just I love it. it. Will you go look at it? And it's like 12 seconds long. And I'm like, girl, <laughs> Three hours. It's yeah. amazing. Amazing. But why three hours? I get so confused and lost and then I lose it. And then I want to do something cooler. And then I'm trying to find something trending. I think that's a thing. I don't know. I want to, I just want to hire someone. But hey, you are that's a warrior. You, that three hours, you worked your ass off to overcome an obstacle. But I have to tell you that being 43 gives me that right to be like, I'm just hiring someone to do this. Delegate. Delegate, 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 because I don't know that I need this in my life, but uh, I'm going to keep trying. I'm going to keep trying. Okay. So Sarah and I um, also talk to all of our listeners about being wild and weird because we feel that they should stay wild and weird always and be unique and an individual. And so what makes you wild and weird, or you can separate them out wild and then weird. Oh, this is fun. Okay. Another TikTok, <laughs> please. I would love to hear like a mashup of everybody's Everybody, answers. Yes. yes. I <laughs> would say, hmm, 
at least for the what I'm like, is this wild and weird or just wild? The what makes me wild is not following what society has taught me to do, living my most authentic way possible and only answering to myself. Yeah. <laughs> so good. It's kind of the wild and weird kind of goes together because I think what makes me weird is although I've listened to other people's opinions of me for the longest time, I have always managed to carve my own path, which has not necessarily mm. been the most accepted, normal, you know, mainstream way to live. I have always had a weird element to the path I have taken, the streets I have navigated. There you go. Taking it back full circle. (laughs) Um, I also think, you know, standing up to trolls, you do that very well. And that is both wild and weird, I guess, but not really more just wild. I love it. I love that answer. Yeah. Yeah. Clapbacks. Clapbacks. Which if you are on TikTok, Mm -hmm. the queen of like clapbacks and standing up for other women, her name is Drew. I mean, you'll, she has like okay. 3 million followers. Go find her. I don't know her last name, but okay, she's got this evil laugh. She like stitches a video <laughs> and you're like, oh no, I'm on the wrong side of TikTok. Why is this misogynist talking to my screen? Oh, yeah. And she goes, <laughs> and just rips it apart. It's so funny. I'm like, you go girl. Oh, you make that money. Great. Like 3 million followers. You're making bank. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Wow. We will find Drew and learn some lessons and we're going <laughs> to continue to follow you to get some um, inspiration oh, on the clapbacks because it's, it's hard. It's like, you know, you don't want to give too much of your energy to that, but you also, like you said, like some of the stuff, it's like, I got to get this out. Yeah. <laughs> like, Combination. Somebody, it needs Lock to be and bless said. Yeah. and learn. Yes. Ooh. Yeah, block and bless. I think too, as you said, your age, 29, what a badass you are even going to be more when you're our age. Like at 29, I was still living in so small. I was just, it was all of the things that we've been talking about. And so girl, you are so far ahead of all of that. And you are inspiring people of all ages and all shapes and all sizes. And I, again, I know I started out with this, but I am just so grateful for you. And now even more so that we've talked, you're such a cool person. Yeah. Yeah. So we um, are going to make our way down to Texas. You can make your way up to Pittsburgh. (laughs) She's like, nah, (laughs) nah, too cold. (laughs) Yes. It's cold here. You know, one last thing. It's so funny how, no matter how much work we've done on ourselves, like when someone's complimenting you or saying something like that, how our first, at least my first instinct is to justify it or oh, make yes. it seem less than because you're like, oh, mm-hmm. you know, 29, you have so much. I'm like, well, well, I graduated college really early. Like I was barely 21. <laughs> so I've actually like been an adult for a long, you know, my brain is like, yeah. And like, no matter how much we grow and how confident you can be in yourself, yes. there's still that element of. It's like, so true. Oh, let me, let me explain. <laughs> like. Yeah. One of the things we're teaching ourselves is just to say, thank you. And then be quiet. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> but that, and it's so we're uncomfortable. We're no. No, 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 I appreciate like, it though. We, we do it too all the time. Yes. Instead, we'll look at each other and we'll be like, Actually, there was one thank point I was you. on the phone with someone and Amy wrote me a sticky note that just said thank you and stuck it to like right in front of me real quick. And I was like, thank you. Because I just made her stop. And then she's like, 
<laughs> if we could just say yeah. thank you as much as we say I'm sorry. Yes. Oh. Yes. Yes. That's replace it. Yes. Replace I'm sorry with thank you. Thank you for understanding that I was late because yes. I'm late for everything. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for being patient with me. Oh, man. Casey, thank you so much for being on. We are going to link up everything. And I really, really hope our from the sincerely from the bottom of my heart that our listeners go and follow you on Instagram. I promise you it will make your life better. Yes. yes. And that is Streets Beats Eats on instagram yes anywhere else they can find you i'm sure she has tiktok (laughs) i do i I am streets beats eats on tiktok instagram facebook pinterest if you're still on pinterest and my website is streetsbeatseats.com and i would love to connect with people like the community i love it it makes me happy yeah Awesome. Thank you again so, so much. Y'all are amazing. And we will Thank do this you. again soon. Thank I would love you. to. Please, you, you name yes. the day and time and I am there. <laughs> Yay. Excellent. We will definitely have you back. Thank you so much. Of course. Bye. This episode was brought to you by Sarah Simone and Amy Baumgartner. Theme song and other music provided by Epidemic Sound. Editing and production by Sarah Simone. To help us keep making episodes just like this, Join our fan club at patreon.com slash unqualified therapists, Inc. Follow us on Instagram at unqualified therapists, where you will find our link tree to all things here at the UT. If you have a story to tell or a topic you'd like us to discuss, email us at unqualified therapists at gmail.com. Until next week, warrior, hold on. We're going to make it.